Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford and it's going to be my dulcet tones that you're listening to for the next um, 15-20 minutes. I am so freaking excited. I am so excited because this weekend for the first time in a very, very, very long time, um, I am going to be hosting my first in-person intensive with Pam, one of my mentees. I've been doing lots of intensives online and they've been great and fabulous and exciting and transformative. But there is just something so super special about doing an in-person intensive. And honestly, I just can't wait for the weekend. <laughs> um, I've just had these glorious, gorgeous conversations with Pam over the last few months. And uh, it just seems wonderful and beautiful and just I'm so freaking grateful <laughs> I get to do this I mean if any of you really know me out there you know that I, I love company you know that I am a hugger you know that I just love 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 sitting in that space with my clients whether it's online or it's in person a space of love a space of neutrality, a space of mischievousness, and a space of fun and lightheartedness. So Pam's coming. We're going to do these three days together at my home, which is on you know the beautiful southwest coast of Scotland. Um, we're right by the sea. And um, we spend time in the house, but we also spend an awful lot of time in nature, walking, and just having these gorgeous long chats about life, about love, about everything and anything that comes up in the moment. So I can't wait to take her <laughs> to see places like Cullian Castle, the lighthouse down at Turnberry, where, you know, the old um, the old castle that used to belong to the King of Scotland was, um, to take her to Dunur, which is this gorgeous fishing village, where they actually shot scenes for Outlander. Um, and, 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 and a couple of years ago, um, one of my clients was lucky enough to come with me and we got to see uh, them filming um, at the, the harbour, which was just beautiful. It's, it's, <laughs> can you tell I'm excited? Um, yeah, it's just a lovely, lovely experience. And, you know, and then we get to sit in front of the fire and I get to shove logs on the fire and we just get to sit there and, and talk and read and watch videos. And I get to make my famous soups and God, God, I'm so excited. <laughs> but then there's the upsell of kind of like, well, my God, what do we talk about for three days? What do you talk about for three days when someone's coming to do this glorious intensive with you? Well, is Pam's trading with me to become a, a certified three principles um, facilitator and coach? We will be talking about a lot about the principles, um, but not in the way you might think. 
learning about the principles to me is is not a linear thing. It's not like, right, okay, I've got mind, right, okay, I've got consciousness, right, okay, I now understand thought. It's so much more than that. Because as you've heard Sid say, you can actually separate these. You know, there are three elements that create this compound of how we as human beings are creating our human experience in each and every moment, which we call the three principles. So having said that, you know, over the last couple of months, Pam have been talking and I have been talking about her life and what's going on. And through stories, I've been sharing with her and she's been sharing with me moments where she's seen the principles at play and moments where she can't. And that's where I come in to help her see that the principles are always at play in our lives. But there are times where we just can't see it clearly enough. But we're also going to be talking about deep listening and grounding and, and coaching and, and holding space for our clients. And I think that's incredibly important because when we look at deep listening, a lot of people believe that, that deep listening is kind of active listening and that's listening to answer. How many times have you been in a conversation with someone and you're just sharing your truth, talking about life, and the minute something comes into their head that's resonated with what you've been speaking about, they, they just can't keep their mouth shut. They just want to go blah, 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 and, and tell you what they're thinking. A lot of men do this with women when um, we're just looking for someone to listen to us. And then men go into fix mode and they want to try and fix it and sort it to help us feel better, which is incredibly beautiful, but often not what we're looking for most of the time. So for me, active listening isn't listening to answer. It's listening to hear, to connect with wisdom, to really be guided by mind as to what you have to say next. Looking for fresh thought in the moment, looking for a feeling that propels you forward to say something that makes sense in the moment. Now, often it might not make sense to me in the moment. And there have been times that I've said things to clients and I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to say this. I can't stop myself. I do not know <laughs> what's going to happen, but this is the right thing for me to say. And if that feeling isn't coming, then I don't get worried. I just ask more questions. I'm looking for that feeling. I'm looking for mine to direct me, to say what it is I'm meant to say in the way that I'm meant to say it at the time that I'm meant to say it. And that's just incredibly important because otherwise what I'm doing is I am coming from a space where I'm sharing what I've shared before from an intellectual space rather than from a space of neutrality and love and wisdom. Now think, when you sit with your friends, you're not sitting with your friends imagining what it is you're going to see next and getting your knickers on a twist. You're usually just so relaxed and chilled and sitting with them that you just say whatever comes to mind. Doesn't that make sense to do that in every conversation? But yeah, here's what a lot of coaches do when they come to me and they're learning to be a coach or they're learning how to be a three principles facilitator coach. 
they're worrying about what they're going to say next. Now, I know that when I get into that space of I'm worried about what I'm going to say next, I often can't say anything. I just get in such a pickle in my head that it, it just it isn't clear. And even if I do come out with something, it's coming from my intellect. It's not coming from that glorious space of, of formless, infinite energy that we describe as universal intelligence or mind. So there's an invitation for you guys is to watch when, you know, when you're with someone and you're listening to them, listen to, to, to what they're saying, but listen to how they're saying it. Listen to the feeling that's behind what they're saying. Watch them. Watch their body language. See if they're congruent. For me, when I'm sitting with people, I am at the stage now where I'm not looking, I'm feeling. I'm feeling all of this. I, I, I'm feeling their essence. I'm feeling their groundedness. I'm feeling where they are in the moment. And that is just this wonderful guide to be able to direct the conversation into a space where everybody feels comfortable and everybody feels heard. I remember one time, and I shared this, this um, podcast conversation with you guys oh, a couple of months ago about another one of my mentees who was, um, who had a problem with, with anorexia. And um, after her first online intensive, she was in this incredible space and she was, she could see that it was her thoughts that were, you know, she was believing the thoughts she was having and that's why she was doing what she was doing because, as you know, you're always living in the feeling of your thinking and, you know, that feeling of your thinking leads to behaviours. So she finally got to see that that's all that was happening with her. She was constantly living in the feeling of her thinking and believing the thoughts that she was having. And then she was following through on them, some of them consciously, some of them completely non-consciously. She, she had no clue until it had actually happened. So she'd got herself, um, me had got herself into this space where she could see what she was doing. And she was really, really comfortable with herself. And she was due to go on a family holiday to France. And she was living with her grandmother for a couple of weeks. And... When she got there, she was fine at first. And then all of a sudden, she started to sort of feel a bit off of her grounding, a bit off of her, the calmness that she had felt before being at home because the food choices were different, the sleeping arrangements were different. And she was becoming consistently tired and overwhelmed by the differences that she was feeling. And as a result of that, her tendency was to go back into the old behaviours of restriction, of control, of making sure that, you know, she didn't overeat, etc., etc. And by doing that, she started to lose weight again. And we weren't due to speak until after she'd come back from France. And when she came back, she was a wee bit nervous about getting into a conversation with me. And I was like, just... Tell me, tell me what happened, Mia. How was France? How did it go? Did you have a good time? I mean, I could visibly see that she'd lost a bit of weight, but nothing that I would be bothered about. And she told me what had happened. And she was embarrassed and she was judging herself and she was feeling a bit of shame around what had transpired. 
And here's where <laughs> mind always surprises me. Because the first thing that came to mind for me to do was to laugh. Oh, you know my laugh. It's a big, hearty, meaty, witchy laugh. And I laughed. And I watched her on the screen. And she started to laugh too. Now, I wouldn't have chosen to laugh if I had a client in front of me who was feeling the way she was feeling, but it was the right thing for me to do in the moment. And I was being guided by mind. Mind was doing the heavy lifting. And through that laughter, what mind did through me was it lightened the situation. It, it just made it comedic. It made it not serious. It made it okay. And then through that laughter came the words, I'm so glad that's happened. And Mia looked visibly shocked that I do say something like that. And I said, I'm glad it's happened, Mia. Because now you can see how things can change. And that's the fluidity of living. That's the fluidity of life. Now let's start to look at what was going on with you prior to that happening. Let's take a look at how and if and when you felt you weren't grounded. It wasn't for me to tell Mia what I thought it was. It was up for Mia to tell me through her own insight where she felt this could have occurred. And that's the job of a good coach and a good three principles facilitator is to guide your client to these moments of insight. That's far more powerful than me flicking through a book and saying, mm, I think it's this. All right, it must be that. Because what will happen in that moment is someone will have what we call an intellectual insight. And intellectual insights are wonderful. And sometimes they can do the heavy lifting, but most of the time they're short-lived. So we can have these intellectual insights and then we just go back to doing what we've always done. However, if we have a spiritual insight from within, a fresh thought in the moment, a new way of seeing how we've behaved or why we've behaved that way, it stays with you forever. So you can never ever do what you've done before in exactly the same way. And that is stunning. It is one of the most beautiful gifts that any of us can have. So through that conversation with Mia, Mia saw through her own insight, through guided facilitation from me, what had happened. She saw that she wasn't sleeping well. So she was tired. She saw that she wasn't eating well. So she was calorie deficient, mineral deficient, vitamin deficient. 
she saw that she was not drinking as much water as she normally drank. So she was dehydrated. And in that space, for Mia and many other human beings, we have a tendency to fall into a lower state of awareness, a lower state of consciousness. And in that lowered state of consciousness, we don't make our best decisions. Now, isn't that lovely to know that everything I've just explained is fixable through getting enough sleep, making sure you're hydrated, making sure that your diet supports your human body and your mind? Most people in the Western world are actually hugely deficient in vitamins, hugely deficient in minerals. And that can often show up as a mental health problem. And it's not that it's a mental health problem, it's a, a lowered consciousness, lowered state of awareness problem. For example, magnesium. Magnesium is a mineral that used to be so incredibly rich in our soil and in our vegetables that years and years ago, people didn't have a problem with magnesium deficiency. But now we do because of overfarming. So I always say to people, take magnesium salt baths, Epsom salt baths, take a magnesium supplement, take, you know, a multivitamin that includes magnesium, eat foods that are rich in magnesium. And right now, a lot of people are taking an excess of vitamin D. And that can have, you know, a, a bit of an imbalance problem at times with, with our magnesium. Anyway, I'm not going to go into that today. Sometimes just sorting out somebody's mineral balance can elevate their mood significantly. So they can then begin to see and understand their human experience more clearly. Isn't that just stunning? I love that. I love that it's so simple. I love that this understanding is so simple. I love that we all get to play with it. Yet there are so many souls in the world who are treating their human experience so seriously. They're holding it, excuse me, so tightly that they can't see the wood for the trees. That's why I love laughter. That's why I love humour. That's why I adore silliness and being as loving and neutral in the space that I'm holding as I possibly can be. Because in the main, when most of the clients I work with come to me, they are giving themselves such a freaking hard time. They're judging themselves. They're shaming themselves. That it's not my job to stay in that space with them. My job is to listen. To listen for the wisdom that's already in them that they just haven't seen yet. to point them in the direction of how they are creating their human experience in each and every moment. To hold that space non-judgmentally. To hold that space 
with a warm, warm motherly hug that says you're okay and I know you're okay. Even though what you're telling me to the rest of the world doesn't sound okay, I know you're okay. I know you are. I've worked with clients who are self-harming like you wouldn't believe. Full of cuts and bruises and that are visible and deep. And when you're sitting in front of another soul and they're crying their eyes out because they can't stop doing what they're doing, they know they're harming themselves and they feel they're getting a different feeling from this that makes them temporarily feel better. And someone holds space for them that says, it's okay. All that's happening right now is you're living in the feeling of your thinking. And I want to help you see that you don't have to do that. I want to show you that there's a different way of being that allows you to have these thoughts and these feelings and do absolutely nothing with them. Because they will pass, they will pass on their own. And they always do. In the moment, we're just looking for a different feeling because we don't like the feeling that we're in. That's why people eat extra. That's why people don't eat. That's why people binge eat. That's why people harm themselves. That's why people become addicted to porn. That's why people become depressed and anxious. Because they're living in the feeling of their thinking and they don't like the feeling that they're in and they want to escape from that feeling. And somehow, somewhere along the lineage of our existence as, as, as our own sovereign beings, we have learned a way to self-soothe. We have learned a way not to feel these feelings. And what happens is we just carry that through life with us it becomes an unconscious habit. And it's so enlightening to see people recognise that, that at the time that this self-soothing habit was formed, they were doing the best they could in that moment. And often these habits are formed when we're young children. We don't like the feeling we're in and we learn a different way to do it. Or we learn a different way to get rid of a feeling. So you may have tried something like alcohol, but then you wake up to the alcohol thing and then you start smoking, then you wake up to the smoking thing and then you start gambling and then you wake up to the gambling thing. And then habits and addictions get replaced with one another addiction, another habit, until we learn it's not about stopping the habit or addiction. It's about understanding how that addiction is manifesting itself through you in each and every given moment, through these gorgeous gifts of mind, thought and consciousness, through the principles. Learning about our, our consciousness, learning about states of awareness, learning about ourselves, what depletes us, what nourishes us, how are we looking after ourselves, what triggers me, and then recognising that that trigger is never about anything from the outside. It's always about how we're thinking about it from the inside. 
like today when I was I was chatting to, 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 to one of my clients, she was talking about how her mum triggers her. And it made me giggle a wee bit again, because I think we've all got that somewhere. About <laughs> our mothers or a relative somewhere, um, or, a, or a boyfriend or a husband, whatever. And, you know, when she said it, I have two pairs of glasses at my desk. I have my pair for when I'm looking at the computer and I have my pair for reading um, close up because I just don't, I, I, I find these very focal glasses a wee bit challenging. So I have two different pairs of glasses. So when she was talking again, never done this before, it came to me. I got that download from mind and all of a sudden, when she was talking about her mother, I just put on a different pair of glasses and I said, with this different pair of glasses, this is how you see your mum. And she says, what do you mean? I said, well, your glasses are kind of like a filter, aren't they? They're helping you see clearly. So what's happening is in my brain, I have all these stories and ideas and concepts and opinions and judgment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, about people. So when I'm putting these glasses in, as I'm looking from the inside out, I am seeing these people through the filter of the lens of my glasses with all of these stories and all of these beliefs and all of these ideas. So for example, your mum, you're looking at your mum through how you think about her, how you feel about her in the moment, um, things that have transpired in the past, things that you don't want to do in the future. So you're not really seeing your mum, you're seeing your story of your mum. And then you're <laughs> communicating with this um, this kind of, um, <laughs> can't find the word, the word will find me. You're looking at your mum through this, this idea of who you think your mum is, kind of like a, a 3D pop-up of who you think your mum is rather than who your mum actually is. And then she said to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, so really what I have to do is um, change my filter. So I put on my glasses, my other pair of glasses. And I said, yeah, you could see her through the filter and the lens of the principles. I said, but you're still going to have some concepts and stories about her. You know, you've moved on and that's beautiful. And then I took my glasses off and I said, this is how you want to see your mum. With no filter. With no concepts, stories, ideas, shame, judgment, anything. This is where you get to see your mum as another soul, just like you. Someone who's doing the best that they can in each and every moment, who is on her own journey, who works exactly the same way that you do from the inside out. And she's just not aware of it yet. When I see people through that filter and through that lens of no lens, because there is no lens, that lens we make up, I see people as love, as souls, who work exactly the same way that I do. And that's a really humbling thing. I remember one day sitting on the couch in, in our old home in Edinburgh with our 
with with our three daughters, Megan, Nikki, and Lauren. And we were all just sitting down on the couch. I think we were watching some crazy program together. And I got to see something absolutely beautiful happening. When we all sat down on that couch, I was mum and they were daughters. And as we all settled down and watched the programme we were watching, which I can't even remember, I had this kind of vision, this kind of insight, and it felt like if I had been wearing an apron, then the apron strings were being untied by Universal Mind and the apron was falling off. And in that metaphor of the apron falling off and being untied, there was a feeling of a sense of relief. And then the next fresh thought that came to mind was, we've moved from sitting on the couch as four human beings, mother and three daughters, to four souls. And that blew me away to see my daughters as souls on their own evolving journey that I didn't need to get in the way of because it's part of their learning and if I kept circumventing their learning, they, they weren't going to learn. They, they, they were going to get stunted in their own emotional and, and spiritual growth. And I remember sitting on that couch and just thinking, oh my God, mind always does the heavy lifting. I don't have to make anything happen. What's meant to happen will happen. In the way that it's meant to happen, how it's meant to happen, and when it's meant to happen. I can show up and go, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Come on. But I'm only ever going to experience what I'm meant to experience. But I can take that first step forward. And that is why I am so excited that I'm getting to do these one-to-one in-person intensives again because it just fills my heart to see the gorgeous souls in front of me really 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 wake up to their human experience and let go of habits and addictions and problems whether it's business problems family problems whatever just fade into a completely different space which means it no longer bothers them so I am really looking forward to seeing you, Pam. <laughs> I can't wait. And if any of you out there are interested in working with me on these intensives or one-to-ones um, online or in person, then please do get in touch. I would love to hear from you. I'm taking bookings for 2022. I even bought myself a new big diary. I'm so excited. Um, so I'm looking forward to filling it up with your gorgeous faces and uh, meeting your gorgeous souls at some point on your human journey. Lots of love to you all. I hope you all have a beautiful, beautiful uh, week and um, I look forward to speaking to you next week. All my love. 